Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes long, but that gets us in God's Word. In fact, it keeps us in God's Word. And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. We always encourage you to help other people in your life who need to turn their lives around, who need to come to God, who need to think about their soul's salvation, who need to grow in their faith. We encourage you to help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but share with your family, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're talking about a line of study that I have entitled or described, Oh, America, America. Well, it's taken from Matthew chapter 23, when we find Jesus toward the end of his ministry upon this earth, and he's looking over the city of Jerusalem, and he had come to call the people of Israel, the Jews, to him as their Savior. God had given them the, the, all of the prophecies of the coming Savior, the coming Messiah, for hundreds of years in Old Testament scriptures. He gave them the law of Moses that was supposed to condition and prepare them for the coming Savior. And Jesus came in physical form, but still fully divine, and he fulfilled those prophecies to in minute detail. But for the most part, by and large, the vast majority of the Jews rejected Jesus as their Savior. He was not the kind of Savior that they were looking for. Now, when he came, much of the Jewish leadership was corrupt. But they were looking for, that is, most of the Israelites and most of the Jewish leadership, they were looking for God to send them a different kind of a Savior, not one who is so spiritually focused primarily and almost completely, but one who would become a great military leader or at least a great a great king who would sit on David's throne and would have great charisma and, and inspire the people to raise up in arms against the Roman army and drive them out of their land and restore the glory of the nation of Israel back to what it had been during the days of David. Well, that's not the kind of savior that God intended to send. Jesus did not fit that bill in their eyes. Jesus came as a spiritual king. He came to establish his, his church upon this earth as the kingdom of God on earth. He came to be the savior, the spiritual leader of all of mankind, and certainly for all who would come to him as such. But they rejected him. Now, again, many Jews did become Christians, but they were in the small minority overall. And almost all Jews today remain non-Christians. They reject Jesus as the Savior. And so in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37, Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem, and that was simply a city that represented all of Israel. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets, God's prophets, 
and stones those who are sent to her. God sent the prophets to teach her, to call her to repentance. How often I wanted to gather your children together, Jesus says, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. They rejected the Savior that they had been looking for, supposedly, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the Savior and the person of Jesus who fulfilled those prophecies in minute detail. Jesus went on in verse 38 and said, See, your house is left to you desolate. In the very next chapter, chapter 24, Jesus went on to prophesy the coming destruction of Jerusalem. And it would happen just within about 40 years from that lament that he voiced over the city of Jerusalem. The Roman army would come in and literally tear the city apart. Many would die. The city of Jerusalem would stand in ruins, and the nation of Israel would be no more for about, a, about 1,900 years. How sad. How sad. Well, the title of this particular study, as I said, is, Oh, America, America. You see, that's not a mistake. I wanted to change the designation of the lament or the lamentation away from, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, to, Oh, America, America. I want to show the similarities between Israel of that day and the state of our very nation today. Our leaders are not physically killing God's prophets. They're not executing them, but there is a progressive movement that is very influential within our leadership across our land, and it's decades long in its progress and development, and it's trying to push God and the Bible out of the public and social mindset as much and as thoroughly as possible. Our leadership we could look, and of course, it's been the way of mankind for ever, pretty much, but a great deal of our leadership across our land entrusted to be the governmental forces, and I'm not just talking about one particular area or one particular designation of leadership. I'm talking about, you know, across the board, on a general basis, there's tremendous corruption, tremendous problems. Our leaders are leading our nation away from dedication and commitment to God and godliness through his word. Prayer is frowned upon in our land in many cases, legally challenged in public school settings where our children are being molded to become the leaders of the next generation. We're told you can't talk about God in the classroom. You can't have a prayer in a school building. Children have been disciplined for even taking a Bible to school and privately reading it during their free time, during lunch perhaps, or during a, during a break time, study time, where they have some freedom to do what they want. Now, being legally challenged, sent to the, to the principal's office. References to God, to Christ, to the Bible, to Christianity, Christianity have steadily been legally removed from any public setting that has any identity with any government across our land. Jesus went on to say again, see, your house is desolate. 
and that pretty well describes the coming degrading or the continuing degrading of our moral character as a nation right now. More and more people are turning away from God through their lifestyles. Church buildings are becoming less and less filled. People who read their Bibles, if they even have one, sits on a shelf in a closet or in a bookcase to a great extent. They rarely open it, if ever. Prayer to God? Nah, just not done that much. Unless all of a sudden they find themselves in a crisis situation, and then they may get what might be called jailhouse religion for a short period of time until the crisis passes. More and more people are turning away from God through their lifestyles, and our culture is suffering the consequences. Immorality and wickedness have become normalized. We see it all around us. It does not even affect us emotionally any longer to a large degree. Jesus said, In verse 39, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. At the end of verse 37, he expressed his sorrow that he he longed to gather the people to him as their savior, but you were not willing. Today, an increasingly smaller percentage of Americans want to follow Jesus. He told the Jewish people they would see him no more until they were ready to accept him as the savior. And again, in the next chapter, chapter 24 of Matthew's account, Jesus prophesied the destruction of of, of Israel. And about 40 years after that, Israel was utterly destroyed. What if God were to turn his back on America? Have you ever thought about that possibility? God can always raise up a new people. God does not need us. We need God. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Now, the light is meant to personify goodness, righteousness, godliness. In 1 John chapter 1, in verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And the darkness is meant to personify evil, wickedness, ungodliness, John went on to write, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and, the, and, and do not practice the truth. And so when a nation removes God from their national conscience, as we keep having those progressive forces push us to do, then the darkness of wickedness and evil naturally moves in. You see, Life is not a vacuum. When you remove God from the picture, the devil automatically steps in. And this is happening on an ever-increasing scale in our nation right now. Before our very eyes, we are not self-sufficient. We need God to sustain and continue to bless us. It's time that we as a people wake up, wake up and recognize that God does not need us. We need God. And we need to remember the statement from the wise man in Proverbs 14 and verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
Where does righteousness, true righteousness, come from? God. God is the ultimate bottom-line source of goodness, of righteousness. James wrote, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. When we start trying to somehow devise and establish our own righteousness, oh, we fail utterly because we're walking away from God and his righteousness. When we turn away from God's righteousness, we say, oh, it's too restrictive, it's too narrow-minded, it's too out-of-date, old-fashioned. We're walking right into the arms of the wickedness that the devil puts or presents in the place of God's righteousness. We take part in the wickedness that the devil leads us into. And again, it's automatic because life is not a vacuum. We'll continue our study next time. Let's pray. Father, again, please help us to open our eyes and see the truth that you are the way, that you sent your son, your son to be the way, the truth, and the life through which we can be forgiven, we can be saved, we can have eternal life with you, and through him we have the message of righteousness, of godliness, of salvation. Help us to be the shining lights that you want us to be and the seasoning salt to help people see their need to turn away from the wickedness into which our nation is sinking deeper and deeper and deeper all the time. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.